Welcome to In Class with Miss K. We have all heard the phrase, not all superheroes wear capes. Teachers are those superheroes. This podcast is for those teachers who want their voices to be heard. It's for those parents who want to know the magic behind their child's learning. I'm your host, Miss K, and I'm a high school teacher. My passion for teaching grows even bigger every day. My podcast take a dive into the real world of teachers. We discuss the world of knowledge, passion, hardships, and the perseverance of our teachers. So put your thinking caps on as we sit down in class with Miss K. Welcome to the very first episode of In Class with Miss K. Today's episode is all about finding your feet in the teaching industry. Finding your feet in the teaching industry can be quite an overwhelming task. Since I'm a first year teacher, I don't have much experience in the industry. However, I think I do have quite a bit of experience with finding my feet. I was lucky enough to be offered a permanent position at the school that I completed my internship. The advantage of that was that I was already familiar with most of the school, however, not enough to say that I was confident. Until this day, I'm still learning new things. So for today's episode, I'm going to take you through a bunch of tips that will come in handy for a beginning teacher when it comes to settling into a new school. Now, these tips do not only apply to beginning teachers, you can even use these tips when you are shifting to a new school. It's just like starting from scratch, no matter how many years of experience you have. So let's get into it. The first and most important tip is to ask questions. Like we say to our students, there's no such thing as a dumb question. The same thing applies to teachers. I cannot stress this enough. It is so important to ask questions, especially when you are not familiar with the policies and procedures of the school. I'm not going to lie. There are times when I feel like I am asking way too many questions, but honestly, it's the best way to go. Sometimes I also feel like the question I'm about to ask, I should already know the answer to. But the truth is, I don't I don't have the experience to know all the answers and that's okay. I ask questions that range from policies and procedures to basic classroom management. There's this stigma that if you ask too many questions, then you are not fit for the job. This is not true. I don't think I would have been able to survive without asking questions. It's always good to have this reassurance that you are on the right track. I I was so used to being assessed and observed and always having someone checking up on me that transitioning into full-time work after being a prac student was a little scary because I was all of a sudden left on my own and I was like, oh my goodness, I don't know what I'm doing. So make sure you ask questions, as many questions as possible. The second tip is scheduling and planning. 
Now, most teachers use planners. I personally love planners, but I have to admit that I'm still not using my planner correctly. Now, when I say that, there is no universal right or wrong way to use a planner. However, there is a right way for you as an individual, as a teacher. I'm still figuring out the best way I can use my planner to my advantage. Right now, I just write lessons for each day and a summary of the lesson in one sentence. So for example, I teach business studies. So I might write year 12, business studies, Monday morning, um, influences of marketing, dot point one, two, three. Once the lesson is over, I use a different colored pen to write down where I actually got up to in that lesson. And things like this happen, you get interrupted or, you know, you don't get to where you thought you were going to get to. And that's okay. So when I do that, I'm able to see what I should be doing next and where I should be starting off for my next lesson. I personally feel like I could be using my planner a little bit more effectively, but I'm still figuring it out. Your planner is really useful. There will be times that you forget meetings or PDs and it's a really good way to keep track of things. Another thing that I do with planning is I also write down the day that I hand out assessment tasks to students and the date that it's due. This is really helpful for me because especially with assessments that students are completing in class, I'm able to create a snapshot for myself of how long the students have the assessment task and structure my content accordingly. Um, that also includes if I, if my students are working on that assessment task in class, I can say, right, you know, during this time period, I'll give them this lesson, that lesson, and one lesson here to work on it in class. So I'm able to give myself that timeline. I use a general planner that was ordered by my school. It's the secondary four period planner because we have four periods. There are teachers who use different planners and I've seen some really amazing ones on Instagram and they are wow. <laughs> I th- and I think that's a great idea because not all planners, planner layouts will work for everyone or will work for the type of school that you're at. So it's really good to try and find something that really fits your nature and, and your teaching personality. Another thing with scheduling and planning is setting time blocks for your tasks. I know personally that I struggle with this, mainly because this is my first year and I'm still trying to find, you know, that working routine that suits me. One thing I've learned is to set your tasks based on its priorities. I usually find myself doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little here and a little there. And when I do that, I usually get very minimal work done. What this also leads to is incomplete work. When I go back and forth with my tasks, I realize that I'm constantly moving in and out of different mindsets, admin mindset, planning mindset, admin mindset, planning mindset. And what I found was that by doing this, I was compromising the quality of work that I was producing. And it's really important that as a beginning teacher, you prioritize your tasks because you're technically new to this and you're still trying to get into a rhythm. Maybe even try time blocking or day blocking. I usually do this when I have a lot of marking to do alongside lesson planning. If I schedule a day or an afternoon for marking, then I will just mark. I used to jump between lesson planning, marking, admin again and again. And 
again, I was compromising the quality of the work that I was presenting. Now, I'm not going to lie. This doesn't happen all the time. I'm not, it's not that I've suddenly turned into this perfect scheduling person. I still jump in and out of things, but that's because that's what teaching is. Sometimes I have to, things come up. There are things that are really high priority that I need to get done. Lesson planning is the core of our job and it's really important to allocate a significant amount of time for lesson planning. This is where you plan the magic of your lessons. It's really common for beginning teachers to fall behind on lesson planning and this can cause a lot of stress and frustration for teachers. I have also been in this position. I think that the reason this happens is because all of a sudden, after being a practice student, you have to learn to adapt to the other side of teaching. And what I mean by that is all the admin, all the reports, all the meetings, all the hiccups. And I know that sometimes I feel like everything keeps piling on top of each other and I just get so lost in trying to figure out what I'm supposed to be prioritizing. However, I have worked on this. It's not perfect yet, but I'm getting there. So what I do is it's related to my previous point about time blocking. I time block different parts of my day or even days of the week just for lesson planning. That way I know that all I have to do is focus on lesson planning at that point in time. Now, don't get me wrong. Not all of my lessons are extraordinary and all razzle dazzle with rainbows and fairies. Not all of it. That's not, that's not the reality of teaching. There are times when I just plan to do revision or independent learning and that's okay. You have to set realistic expectations for yourself and your class. I'm not saying that you should slack off, but when you are feeling like the admin work is taking over your planning and classroom time, it's really important that you set realistic goals because at the end of the day, all the work that a teacher does is for students. All the meetings that you attend, the reports, the professional development, it's all for the students. So you need to set time aside to plan, but be realistic if you are feeling pressure. The third tip is taking a break. Now, when I talk about taking a break, I'm referring to all the times you need to take a break. I'm talking about lunch times at school, the time you get back home from school, the weekends, the school holidays. Before I get started on this tip, I just want to point out that teachers are always working. During all of the break times that I just listed, teachers are still working. I still do it. However, I have realized the importance of taking a well-deserved break in order to reset and focus. There's another stigma around teachers taking breaks. Sometimes teachers feel guilty for taking breaks. I used to feel that way as well. But you should never feel this way. In fact, now, now that I've worked on it, I feel guilty when I don't take a break. I feel like I've overworked myself and therefore, again, I'm compromising the quality of the work that I'm producing. So let's start off with lunchtime breaks. Lunchtimes are a chance in the school day for you to just sit down, have a moment with yourself and your colleagues. Just switch off for a little bit. It's a time for you to wind down. Lunch duties and meetings are different. These are things that are required by the school and your role as a teacher. I'm talking about normal lunch times. You don't have anything on. You need to give yourself that time. I know personally, I used to have students ask 
asking to see me during lunchtime for extra help in an assessment task, even when I'm helping them in class with the work. I always used to say yes. And I very quickly realized that I was using up all my time at school and I had no time to just sit down and relax for a little bit. I remember I used to have two period days and then I'd turn it into four periods because I'd have seniors coming in and seeing me during their periods off and then I would sit down and help them and it was just, I was just creating all this chaos in my day. It's not wrong to ask a student to come back another time. In fact, I think that it's better for them because if you are not burnt out and have actually taken a minute in the day to wind down, then you can help them with a fresh mind. Like I said, everything that teachers do, it's for their students. So now I have changed as to how many students see me during lunch times. If a student asks to see me and I know that I have something on after lunchtime, whether it's a whether I have class or I have a meeting or I've decided to plan, and I really and I know I really need that time, I will simply say to the student, How about you come and see me during such and such time? Now, obviously, as their teacher, I know that what they're asking for is of either a high priority or a low priority because I'm their teacher. I know what's going on. It doesn't mean that I won't help the student. It just means I'm taking that minute for myself so I can help them more effectively. Another thing with taking breaks, going back home from school, your weekends and school holidays are also really important times to take a break. I used to go home and I used to do this on my practicing and when I first started teaching was I used to go home and just do schoolwork. I used to do schoolwork on the weekends and even on the school holidays. I very quickly realized that I was burning myself out and it's really important to go home and use that afternoon or that night just to be with your family or your partner or just yourself. Just switch off. It's so healthy to switch off. That also means not checking your emails. You do not have to reply to emails after you leave work. It's okay. You need that time. You can reply once you're back at school. And I understand that sometimes there are emergency emails, but it's up to you to decide what's important for you and what can be dealt with once you're back at school. All schools are different. All teachers are different. Classes are different. Students are different. This obviously is based per situation, um, this is just what I've learned about taking breaks after school and replying to emails. You can still work on school things during these breaks and during your school holidays and your weekends, but you have to make sure that you have prioritised yourself first. Working during school holidays is normal. You are either preparing for the next term or even the start of the year. However, make sure that you give yourself some time during these holidays to sit down and be with yourself before diving back into the work. Usually with me, if it's a two-week term break, I give myself the first week to completely switch off. Sometimes I don't even unpack my bag after the last day. It just sits in a corner with everything in it and I just don't touch it. Then in the second week, I slowly get into rhythm and start working and making sure I'm prepared for the new school term or the school year. The fourth and final tip is getting to know your students. Now this is really important to all teachers but as a beginning teacher we can often get really overwhelmed by being on our own as a teacher that we forget to pay close attention to our students. 
this will differ for all teachers because we are all different. When I first meet a new class, I tend to have conversations with my students while they are working just to build that relationship. Another way to do this is through your playground duties. Your playground duties are such a great opportunity to build relationships. This is something that I've heard over and over again in beginning teacher meetings. During this time, you can have a one-on-one conversation with your students to learn about their personality. It doesn't even have to be about classwork. This will help you build that strong rapport with your students. And you don't need to be afraid as a teacher to spend a significant amount of time to get to know your students, especially when it's the beginning of the year, no matter how long you've been teaching for. You don't have to jump into content day one, straight away, because this will not only be overwhelming for you, but it will be overwhelming for your students. So take that time to just get to know them, build that relationship, and it will work in your favour for the rest of the year. Thanks for tuning in to the very first episode of In Class with Miss K. I really hope you found some of these tips useful. I am not an expert, but I am just trying to do my part and just let all teachers know that you are not alone. I will chat to you in my next episode.